from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. Today is our Black Friday special where we'll talk about what to expect for Black Friday and Cyber Monday this year. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Professor Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Hi, Barbara. Black Friday is pretty exciting. I used to have a friend who would wait the entire year, Barbara, for this moment, and they would literally set up like a war room and have like the entire analysis and intel trying to figure out where exactly were the best deals. And you probably remember that time when it used to be in the physical store, man, it was all out war to see who was going to get those TVs. This year, and we're going to talk to our guests and find out they're going to tell us a little bit that there's some indication that people want to go back in the stores. Oh, no. Yeah. We may see a um, return to that. But we have some experts joining us on the show this half hour to add um, to this discussion of Black Friday. Mm -hmm. In the first half of this half, we have Peter Adams, who's a reporter for Marketing Dive, and he writes some of the more interesting stories um, in marketing on his news um, on his news feed. So, Peter, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me and excited to talk about uh, the coming deals and promotional window and the holidays as well. Very cool. And then, and then for the second part of the show, we're going to have um, Catherine Cullen come, who's the Senior Director of Industry and Consumer Insights for NRF, the National Retail Federation. So we're going to get some real statistics to nice. back up what we're talking about. But I'm Very pretty cool. sure it's indicating a return to the stores to some degree. So, nice. Peter... Tell us what you're most excited about of all the stories you've written. <laughs> yeah, so thinking about the Black Friday uh, holiday, you know, it's been interesting to see retailers sort of expand their purview in this space in recent years. So, um, and I've also, I know you teed up talking about some of the bricks and mortar stuff coming back, but also the expansion into live streaming and e-commerce. Uh, so Walmart, biggest retailer in the U.S. today, uh, in the world, the new, by the way. In the world. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for correcting me on that. You're the expert. Um, you know, they dropped today uh, that they would be kicking off what they call Cyber Week uh, mm. with a uh, Twitter's first ever live streaming shopping event. So Twitter had never mm. hosted uh, an activation of this kind. They're doing a what they bill as a 30 minute variety program hosted mm. by uh, Jason Derulo that will show off. Oh, uh, all sorts of different wares there. Oh, my um, goodness. And, you know, uh, Walmart first kind of dipped its toes into the live streaming shopping space last year. Uh, they famously have done a few TikTok activations as TikTok ramps this up. Uh, but this just really shows them kind of broadening their platform purview as Black Friday and adjacent holidays become uh, more omni-channel and, and more about kind of connecting content to the deals mm. themselves. Let, let me jump in and ask a question really quickly, Barbara. I want to get your take on this. Uh, Walmart plus Twitter. Is that telling you, Barbara, anything about the the, the estimated audience type age-wise, et cetera? I mean, what, what are well, your thoughts on that? 
what I was going to say is, you know, this idea of a shoppable live stream has been done in spades in China and mm -hmm. was just done very recently for 1111 day singles day with Alibaba and all sorts of brands. It's like 24 seven live mm -hmm. stream. And what you see is that people are hashtagging in and responding and there's live interaction with mm -hmm. the speaker and with texting and things like that. And it's incredibly frenetic and mm -hmm. exciting. I mm -hmm. don't know, Peter, do you have you followed the 1111 um, Alibaba day? And do you think this Twitter Walmart will be as exciting and as frenetic as that is? It's an interesting question. I mean, adoption of these types of tactics in the U.S. is much newer compared to in China. China is a few years ahead of us uh, in terms of really linking the yeah. social and commerce experiences together. I do think the Twitter aspect of it is interesting. People mm -hmm. really don't think of Twitter. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, type of platform. So they may not, they know how to hashtag, but they may not yeah. know how to purchase. Or yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's a pretty easy thing in all these platforms, right, Peter? You press a button. But right when Barbara said that, I was like, wow, you know, I was thinking about TikToks. That's the generation alpha, generation Z. You know, you've got the Instagram, which is a little bit older. And then you got Twitter, which is like, <laughs> the old, right, Barbara? I mean, that, 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 that just didn't sound right to me. What are your thoughts? Uh, it is it is it is like a new thing and it's a new thing for Twitter, I think. But remember, it's Walmart, by the way, you know, ah. um, so it might be the right mix for Walmart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I should also note that they're also running adjacent things on other platforms. It's not like they've put all their eggs in one basket. I think with Twitter, the value is is the real time conversation aspect of it. Oh, you know, it does. Yeah, yeah. that's part of oh, what's really exciting about live streaming is that you're texting and you're talking. Like I, I was in New York for eleven eleven for Alibaba's day, and you're seeing these people like in China talking to the yeah. stars. That's they're cool. Talking to the stars, you know, it's pretty exciting. That's cool when you have a direct connection, even if it's via text. Yeah. I get it now. Now I get it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So at, it's cool that Walmart's starting it and they obviously have the resources and the muscle. If it takes off the way it took off in China, everybody's going to want to get in the play at some point. Or yeah. even the way it took off for Walmart on TikTok. I mean, uh, TikTok has certain built in video features that Twitter doesn't, but Twitter is really trying to diversify what it has to offer advertisers. And this is a component of that strategy. Mm. So, you know, they've been testing different things, some of them not playing out as expected. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they tried getting into the stories game, like Instagram stories, which <laughs> yes. famously mm -hmm. only lasted a couple of months, was kind of a failure. But mm -hmm. they're also doing a clubhouse copycat, these audio rooms. Uh, well, that's that's seemed, interesting. Very yes, interesting. Their Twitter is really leaning into this community engagement, these live event uh, adjacent things. And they do have that immediacy that other platforms don't necessarily have, um, you know, their stake in video is not the stake in video TikTok or Instagram have. Um, but, you know, this could change things if they're and, able. Yeah. To and link. remember, this is Black Friday, right? So America, this is like middle America going shopping on Black Friday. So mm -hmm. we're trying to get like, to your point, maybe not Generation Alpha involved, but Generation mm -hmm. Walmart. Who do tweet, you know? like, Generation Walmart. Yeah. Today, you know? yeah. Like, Interesting. In so let's switch gears just a little bit because I know there's a lot of holiday stuff going on. And Coke always does interesting kinds of things. I mean, Coke invented Santa Claus to some degree. Santa Claus is red, <laughs> is Coke's red. We know that. So do you have some insight on what Coke's doing for Christmas this year? 
Yeah, sure. As you indicated, uh, Coke, always a big holiday player uh, dating back to the 30s and 40s when advertising was still a pretty fledgling uh, format of reading of reaching consumers. Uh, this year, they're taking their strategy and um, really amplifying the personalization and mobile aspect of it. Uh, they've partnered with Cameo. I'm not sure mm. how familiar you are. Very familiar. Oh, you are? I don't know. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. So the, the lowdown on it is you can basically pay a celebrity or an influencer to make a custom oh, video for I you. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really taken off during the pandemic. A lot of actors, influencers, celebrities haven't had as much work coming in. And so you could pay, you know, five bucks for an actor uh, from the office to read you a personalized message. Coke is translating this idea to their established stake in the holidays. And they're oh, letting- Americans, we should get you on board with your deep <laughs> voice. <laughs> That's funny. We should get Barbara, your students. <laughs> yeah, no, no one is going to pay $5 to hear me say anything. <laughs> you never know until you try it, though. That's funny. That's funny. Um, but Coke is deploying, quote unquote, Santa Claus on the platform. Uh, so I think kind of in recognition that maybe people aren't necessarily going out to malls yet uh, to get their photos taken or whatever. Uh, you can request to get a cameo from Santa. Um, oh, that would be so exciting for a little kid, I think. Yeah, it's a nice uh, personalization idea. You know, Coke uh, really tries to balance scale with personalization. I mean, they do the bottle pack, or they used to do the bottle packaging with names on it. Right. Um, and this is kind of evolving a similar line of thinking Interesting. Um, yeah. for the mobile space, you know, the app space, again, with an app that has really kind of taken off, uh, including with brand marketers. So Barbara, is it, I mean, is it the case that uh, we're going to just start the Christmas stuff in October next year? Is that what's going to be going oh, on? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> you, started. Yeah. There's you the- were, you- yeah, you were talking about that, and I was like, "Wait a minute, we haven't had Thanksgiving yet." You know, <laughs> it's like it's Santa Claus and Coke. Very interesting stuff, though. Yeah, but you know, Black Friday is legitimately the beginning totally. of the holiday season, so Understood. Like, it's fair. But you're totally right; the purchasing has started way earlier, and part of this was was pushed even more than usual because of the supply chain issues, which apparently mm. is like a new meme, like supply chain issues. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a. Uh... It has been really interesting to see to the extent to which, you know, marketing generally has been a little bit quieter than usual. I think a lot of people have cut back due to the supply chain issues, but there's also been, um, I know we just talked about a lot of like digital and mobile oriented stuff, but, you know, like uh, physical catalogs are kind of back Mm. in vogue, including (laughs) from companies like Amazon and Walmart. And I feel like a lot of the messaging this season has been about reassuring people that there will be things on store shelves. Uh, which is kind of an interesting X factor for a period of the year that's usually just kind of a layup, uh, if, if not incredibly busy, but still. So I saw that uh, Bacardi was doing something in Times Square. Times Square is typically like the center of the universe. And when you think about energy and holiday, I mean, I am a native New Yorker, so I think this way. But I think a lot of people think about that. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that Bacardi is doing something on Times Square. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Spirits brand, uh, I don't necessarily think of the holidays as being a moment in time that they really own. And uh, Bacardi's looking to kind of change that a little bit um, with a campaign that's very focused on bringing warmth to the colder months. They have a Mm. series of new ads (laughs) that's kind of like an island uh, character, a mix of like a DJ and a bartender who bikes into different snowy locations and shakes the snow off by blasting music. Um, Mm. 
And the narrative behind these vignettes kind of culminates. Bacardi is taking over Times Square in December uh, to kind of run them in sequence. Uh, and uh, Barbara, like you said, you know, Times Square typically feels like the center of the universe in New York around the holidays. It certainly didn't last year. I think it was very eerily quiet. But I think Bacardi's kind of gambling that some of that tourist activity and some of that like uh, holiday merrymaking will be back in force uh, with vaccinations and all of that. So if we were going to summarize some big concepts, it sounds like uh, traditional advertising is not what we're seeing. It's all sorts of untraditional live streaming, interaction of video, plays, mm-hmm. messaging. That's mm-hmm. one theme I think you're saying. And also like almost nostalgic, back to exciting, yeah. back to Santa Claus, back yep. to Times Square, kind mm-hmm. of reassuring. Do you think those are the themes? It's it's a definitely an interesting contrast. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the retailers, again, a lot of it is just reassuring people that they'll be able to get stuff, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a juxtaposition for sure. It's either very new digital things or falling back on stuff that's proven to work in years past. Very interesting. Um, so that's a pretty astute observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that'd be pretty fun. Well, thanks a lot, Peter, for joining us today. And where can our listeners to go to keep up with, timely news about what's happening this holiday season sure uh marketingdive.com uh we have a daily newsletter where we uh, stay on top of all these beats and stuff uh and you can also follow me on twitter at patch adams 03 okay thank you very much this is marketing matters here on business radio sirius xm 132 i'm barbara khan along with my co-host americus reed next up We're going to talk about spending predictions. Exactly what is this holiday season going to look like? And the one who has all the answers is Catherine Cullen, who is the Senior Director of Retail and Consumer Insights at NRF, or the National Retail Federation. And it's their job to collect the statistics and tell us what's happening. So, Catherine, we are so delighted to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Barbara, Americus. It's great to chat with you all. I feel like the year has flown by quickly. Yes. Just yesterday, we were talking about these same things. And uh, thankfully, we're in a little bit of a different place than we were last year. Yeah. I mean, that big headline is good news, right? I mean, people are predicting consumers are coming and they're going to be spending, right? Uh, Yes. The NRF is forecasting that for the months of November and December, retail sales should grow somewhere between 8.5 and 10.5 percent. Wow! Uh, Is that year be, over year? That's what. That's year over year. So that would total about at least 843 billion dollars in sales. Wow. And um, you know, for context, last year retail sales um, during the holidays grew uh, upwards of 8 percent year over year as well. But before that. Uh, growth was much lower. It, it tended to hover, you know, somewhere between, you know, three and 5%. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But we're seeing a lot of forces at play. Um, and that is coming, coming together in the holiday season. Interesting. Let me so, ask this quick question. Sorry, Barbara, I'm apologize. I'm always stepping on my co-host toes. I apologize. She's, she's got, she's full of energy and I, I have to jump in. Now, quick, quick question, Barbara and Catherine, is, 
are post pandemic. Is there a little bit of this? You know what? You, you never know what's around the corner. I'm going to spend a little bit more. I'm going to splurge a little bit more. I'm going to shop a little bit more this year. I'm going to kind of go for it. Any thoughts on this? Wait, let, before you answer, let me put out my alternative hypothesis and you can tell us which one it is. My hypothesis is they haven't been spending money on experiences and mm-hmm. they want to spend more money on things so that they have a higher pot of, sa- of savings. It's mm. a little bit of that too. So we have two different hypotheses here. Tell us the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. And then I have a, a third a third uh, thing at play here. So, you know, certainly there is pent up demand. We know that people um, are excited to get back to normal. They're excited to spend on new things. Um, there is also this uh, resumption of normal life. Uh, If you're traveling again, you need different clothes if you're seeing people than if you're sitting at home. Um, And to your point, Barbara, there's also, you know, a a shift. There had been a shift away from experiences um, onto goods that helped fuel a lot of spending. Uh, We are, of course, starting to see people spend more on services, spend more on travel, spend more on going out. Um, But there are related purchases that they're making in retail uh, around those those, uh, activities. Um, To add to that, you know, a couple of other things we're seeing there's still a lot of stimulus money circulating throughout the economy. Hmm. On average, consumers are, are carrying less debt. Um, they're in a fairly healthy place, so they have the funds. Um, and then there's also this emotional component. When we think about the holidays, um, you know, it's, it's hard to even think back to where we were a month, uh, 12 months ago. But, you know, cases were spiking right around this time. People were canceling holiday gatherings. Um, People had kind of been holding out hope they'd still be able to do a lot of their traditional um, activities and celebrations. And right around this point, people were realizing we need to shelter in place again. We need to uh, keep our distance from people. Um, And a lot of uh, people had to adjust and, and really, you know, reconfigure how they were celebrating the holidays. This year, with vaccination rates um, climbing up, with cases coming down, uh, people are in a much more comfortable place overall. I mean, I know there's a lot going on. It's obviously still an uncertain situation. But, you know, people, the CDC is not saying you shouldn't gather together with your family, you shouldn't gather together with your friends, and people are making plans to have some of those celebrations. um, And they want to spend to make uh, the holidays feel extra special in a in a way to make up for last year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely true. And obviously, your data is saying it, but I don't think we're out of the woods yet. You know, <laughs> and they are starting to show some cases start to creep up again. So I think we mm. have to be a little bit careful. But I agree, there's total excitement to getting back to normal. So I got two questions here. One is, tell us about physical stores. Whether you think people are going to go into physical stores, and the other is. Tell us about inflation. <laughs> <laughs> ah, two, two fun subjects. So um, <laughs> definitely with stores, you know, we've seen this throughout the pandemic that whenever cases drop down, consumers return to stores. Um, people like the in-store shopping experience. They've missed it, um, particularly for holidays and gift buying. They like to see things in person. They like to touch and feel it. Um, for Thanksgiving weekend, we are seeing that around two thirds of Black Friday shoppers are saying that they're planning to head into stores, and that is wow. up from um, high. 
Yes, um, that is up obviously from last year, um, but we are expecting to see, you know, not just for deals, but some of the, again, that traditional component. I want to head out with my family and friends. I want to see the decor. I want to get out of my house that I've been in for months on end. So um, there is a lot of interest in the store. There's also, you know, the store can, if there are obviously supply chain disruption, um, issue, supply, supply chain issues continually, continually supply chain uh, issues, continue to cause disruption. Um, but that's funny. You know, um, the, um, Yes, but we are seeing that in some cases, consumers may see items selling out online and head to their store to buy them or vice versa. Um, to your second point around. Wait, before we get to the second mm-hmm. point, let me ask Americas to weigh in on this also. It's interesting that you were saying people want to go into stores for gifts. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking, you know, well, now everybody knows how to buy online. But on online, what's much easier to buy is like repeat buy or buy things you know before. Whereas right. when you buy a gift, and Americas, you might know the literature that because academics have looked at a lot of this, you know, and on gifts in particular, they may want to touch and feel. So then, you know, you were suggesting that, but I think we have some research that would support that too. Do you know of that, Americas? Yeah. I mean, there, there is a a body of literature there, just like you're talking about Barbara. And there's, there's all kinds of tactile, you know, the, the notion of going and touching something and investing self, if you will, into gifts, because you feel, you know, it's kind of like the difference between getting the e-card over mass email versus yeah, There's a, a lot of psychology behind that. What are your thoughts on that, Catherine? I think that's really interesting. I like that idea of investing yourself because I think that, um, I mean, I'm going to borrow that, to be honest. That's a, that's a good. Americas um, is always knows how to turn a phrase. Yeah, I think it's exactly, it's that. But also, you know, as as wonderful and as online shopping is and as many, you know, changes it, it has wrought in our lives, we're still not at a point where you can touch and feel and experience the product in a digital channel. And obviously things like live streaming and social shopping is starting to bring some of those experiential aspects into your home, AR, VR. But when you're picking out, um, you know, my favorite example is fragrance. If you're buying a fragrance for someone, you can't experience what that smells like online, even reading reviews, smell is so subjective. That's something that you're going to go in the store and make sure that lotion is actually something your mom or your significant other is going to like, that this fragrance is something that the gift recipient will care for. Um, and I think the same thing is, is often true of apparel, you know, is that sweater as soft as I thought it was, is the color accurate? Obviously, digital channels are becoming, you know, more accurate in a lot of ways. And, and, um, you know, have become a lot more dependable for, for figuring out what a product is like, but there is something to be said about the in-store experience and, um, and to your point, the thought, um, behind gifts. And then of course, adding to that, the idea, you know, we're saying they're longing for the holiday experience Mm. and it's much more of an experience to go inside the store and just smell the, smell the the Christmas smells and hear the Christmas music. And that's part of kind of the fun. So Uh I am happy to hear people are going back in the stores. I hope the COVID cases don't, you know, put a crimp in that now tell us about inflation so <laughs> those questions at one time but that's a little bit of a counterpunch right this yeah inflation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you know, we are certainly hearing a lot about inflation um, when we've been surveying consumers um, where they're noticing price increases does tend to be more around uh, food and fuel. Um, mm. Now, of course, consumers aren't a perfect judge of where they notice price increases, but it is in the grocery store and at the gas um, uh, station that they are noticing uh, those price increases go up. It, it is very top of mind for consumers, though. They are concerned um, about inflation. They're concerned about items being more expensive. Um, that said, when we've surveyed retailers and talked to our retail members, uh, we are hearing from them a couple of things. You know, I think a couple of large retailers actually in the last week re- announced that you know, they are committed to keeping prices low and they believe they have oh, the, right. the margin um, bandwidth to do that. Um, and we have heard from retailers that you know, promotions and, and discounts specifically, they're, they're a part of many retailers' holiday strategy. They know it's important to consumers right now. Um, and those holiday promotions and discounts aren't going away. Uh, what you may see more of and what we've, we've seen a little bit over the last few years, I feel, and actually you all may have a, a more targeted perspective on this than, than I do, but, you know, just marketing promotions and discounts, retailers being being very targeted and very um, intentional with those. So uh, certainly depending on their business model, depending on the consumer, you know, a, across the board, 25% off or 50% off can be a great motivator for consumers. But retailers, they have more data on their shopper. They know what you like. They know what to discount and promote. Um, and so I think we'll see, you know, the power of that data kind of coming to work uh, in terms of retailers making the decisions that are, are right for their business and right for their customer while still protecting their their bottom line there. So um, I hope I don't know if that fully gets at your inflation question, yeah. but we get a little bit at prices and, and what consumers might be you know expecting and, and might see. Yes. Yeah, so inflation was one impact on prices. The, the other thing I had heard was because of these quote unquote supply chain issues, um, they don't feel so much that they have to discount because people, you know, there's you know, one of America's favorite topics is notion of scarcity. You know, you don't know for sure if it's going to be on the shelf, which gives you the perception. I'm not going to fool around with a price discount now because I want to get what I'm not sure is going to be there. You know, mm-hmm, and so you could mm-hmm. almost argue from our literature the scarcity, whether or not it's true, and I assume it is true, but it'll make people less price sensitive. So mm, you might not need as many price discounts. You know, that is, I mean, that certainly, you know, there's a lot of complexity when it comes comes to price and pricing and promotions. And I know we can only just scratch the surface here, but, um, you know, the supply chain challenges are, you know, very, very real. Uh, retailers, it's not just a scarcity issue in terms of not having a need to promote, but their costs have gone up, you know, oh, significantly, right. Um, right. which of course, you know, puts pressure on them. But, you know, retailers plan for holiday every year. It's it's a time of the year they know is important to their business, important to their consumer. Um, and so many retailers were able to bring product in earlier. Um, I'm sure we've all seen the shop early messages. Uh, and that's to, you know, allow for more time in the season for inventory to come in, for those stock, store uh, shelves to get restocked. Um, and so I think we, we will continue to see, you know, product throughout the season. People will be able to find gifts. Um, but we do, 
know that, you know, you may have, it may take a little longer and it may take a little longer for you to shop around. Um, but again, from retailers we've talked to, you know, it's, they know what incentivizes customers and they know pricing and discounts is, is something people really uh, look forward to this time right. of year is and it continues to keep part of their, of their strategy. That's great. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to keep up with you and the NRF? Uh, You can visit us at nrf.com for more uh, data like this, as well as our updated insights throughout the season. Thank you all so much for having me back. It's always great to talk to you. It's great to be. It's great to be talking with you, Catherine. We really appreciate you and happy Yardbird Day. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk with the iconic turkey brand Butterball. And we'll talk about with Expedia about their first Black Friday campaign and travel predictions for this holiday season. This is Marketing Matters Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. This is Stephen Silverstein, CEO of Spencer Spirit Holdings, and you're listening to Business Radio on Sirius XM. Marketing Matters. Mike Cesario, who's the CEO and co-founder at Liquid Death, which is a water in a can. All the data and everything points to the reason people buy Fiji or Smart Water. Aquafina has absolutely nothing to do with the taste. It is complete brand play. So in a brand-driven space, that's what Liquid Death is. We're bringing a different category of people into the bottled water segment. Marketing Matters, Wednesday at 5 p.m. East on Business Radio.